Hey, hey. Okay, so you guys know that I've moved my platform over to Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash Jamie Glowacki. So everything is moved there. That's where I'm now housing all my parenting content. For a dollar a month, you can access all the episodes of my podcast, but no worries if you don't want to do any financial commitment at all. We'll continue to release selected episodes here on your favorite listening platform. And just so you know, I also put up free public posts and mini podcasts on that Patreon page. So all you have to do is head over to that main page, patreon.com slash Jamie Glowacki, and you can see my free public posts and mini podcasts. Head over there to check it all out. And now on to today's show. Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome, welcome. So continuing with my new series idea of like really cool people that I just want to have a conversation with. Today, I'm talking to a really cool person who I just want to have a conversation with. And her name is Anna Glasgow. And Anna, I believe, found me on Instagram, like charting her potty training journey. And what's weird is I usually don't follow people back, but I must have followed her back for some reason. (laughs) And we've had many back and forths. And I would like to say she's turned into a friend. And one of the things that I wanted to specifically bring her on for is she is an empowerment coach. And she has a program called Badass with Boundaries. Now, what's not to love about that? There's cursing, there's alliteration, there's the word badass, <laughs> and the word boundaries. Like, I don't know if there's a better title. <laughs> so welcome, Anna. You want to like, let us know a little bit about yourself? Hey, yes. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Yes, I was on a potty training journey that lasted way too long, and you were the silver bullet. So I'm so glad we connected on that fabulous platform we know as Instagram. But Yes, I'm an empowerment coach. I was a high school teacher and administrator for 16 years and was coaching a lot while I was in that profession and figured, you know what, let me give this a shot. My passion was kind of waning for public schools and it was time to make a change. So I jumped into coaching and I just really work with badass women who are kind of like, they're rocking it in most areas of their life, but they just got they have this one area that needs tweaking. And it's typically because boundaries are lacking in that area. So we jump in and coach them up some boundaries, build them and make them stick. And I've been loving this journey ever since. That is so cool. So when you say there's one area and it's usually boundaries. So I was just in January, did a whole bunch of um, episodes on trauma. And the last Mm -hmm. one was how food and trauma intersect. And Ooh. I have, it, it's a pretty meaty episode. <laughs> and um, one of my things that I had said in this particular episode is, you know, here I am, I have two really successful books. I homeschool my kid. Like I am rocking it in almost every area of my life, except fucking sugar. Like I cannot get a handle on sugar. <laughs> and so, you know, and I, I like to set boundaries around sugar. And um, yeah. anyway, what are some of the glitches that you see? Because I think this notion that everybody's got it all or somebody's got all their Mm. shit together. Like we all have this secret chink in our armor. And so what do you see typically where these powerful badass women kind of have a chink in their armor? Yeah, no, I love that. I know. I love that you said sugar because that is my, my uh, boundary I'm building as well. Um, (laughs) It's so hard. hard. (laughs) It's so hard. (laughs) 
But it's hard hard to build a boundary. I feel like sugar is like in a million rats that know how to get under the fence, over the fence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boundaries aren't aren't necessarily hard, but that sugar, I think it's like more addictive than cocaine, I think. (laughs) I think I saw a study. But yeah, like these badass women, they're like high performing. They're at the top of their game and they just kind of struggle with, I guess I can't have it all. If I have this struggle with sugar, I guess that's just my one thing. And they just Mm -hmm. kind of say, okay, this is just my one thing. I'm kind of kicking it, you know, with everything else. So they kind of just don't realize that it's just a boundary. And Mm -hmm. I I know that word is a little bit, I don't know if it's overused or people just don't realize, oh, that's why I'm I'm struggling with this is because I haven't established some parameters for myself around this area. And a lot of the clients that I work for, it is, it is food in some way, or it's their relationships. Mm. So they're giving so much. Yeah. I think boundaries is such a tricky word. And I know even with my work with clients, of course, I work with like parenting boundaries. But Mm. what I find with women is we have weak boundaries in general. And then you go into parenting and you're screwed because if you have weak boundaries and you grew up with weak boundaries, then it's really hard to establish them as a mom. So it is, I find it's one of those words that like, it it almost like crumbles in your hand when you try to catch it. And it's, it's taken me, I always say this, my my old therapist says three houses on my dime. And I still find myself like discovering new things about boundaries, you know? I love that. I love that because a lot of us don't see that we're pissed off at our spouse because we don't have strong boundaries or our our kid is acting like a jerk in our mind. And it's because we don't have strong boundaries. So boundaries just let, I mean, if you think about driving in your car, like there are boundaries, there's lines that you stay in and that you can Mm -hmm. cross over and knowing where those are help you feel secure when you're out driving. And so I I found that in parenting as well, (laughs) is that when my daughter knows where her boundaries are, she's more secure and she's more stable and I'm less of a freak, you know, (laughs) losing my shit all the time. (laughs) Oh my God, that's a perfect analogy. Like, and I I love the word secure in there. So I always use a fence analogy and I always tell parents, like, why do we fence in a yard? Because our three-year-old can't leave the the house and just go wherever they want, right? So we fence in the yard. And if you are continually moving the fence, every time your kid goes to bed Mm. and in the next morning, they go outside and the fence has moved, your child is not going to do the work of childhood, which is playing in the yard. They're going to be testing the boundary. They're going to be like, what the hell just happened? Why is this fence here? And they're going to re-try to get out of the fence. But I like the road analogy too. I think that's another really helpful thing of you feel secure. Like, okay, so I went to China. I performed in China in 1999. They had just opened the roads to uh, public cars. People didn't have cars. Families didn't yeah, have cars, yeah. only government officials. Dude, if you think New York City is bad, <laughs> like it was the cl- clusterfuck of the highest proportions. Like lanes were just mere suggestions. <laughs> like, mm. It was crazy. I did not feel secure at all. In that right? Yeah, just the thought of that makes me anxious. <laughs> no, I didn't see any accidents, but holy shit, it was the most hair-raising yeah. experience. But yeah, um, it's so, so true in all of our relationships, right? If if you don't know what's okay with the other person, you're always going to be kind of like double-dutching in and out of how to behave with that person. And again, you're insecure. So yeah, it's not your spouse's fault that you're pissed off that he didn't unload the dishwasher. Like you didn't set that expectation or you didn't say, Hey, this is what I need today. So why are you pissed at them? 
Okay, two things. I really like the word double dutching because that is such a great image of what happens is like we're hopping, 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 hopping. And you're trying to find your way in, right? Yes. And the other thing, so I was just talking to a friend this morning on our walk and I was talking about like, and this, and for any dads listening, this is a huge generalization, but take this with a grain of salt. It seems that the male mind just doesn't see things in the, in the home, the way the female mind does at all. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you have to move some things to see what's in the fridge. Right. Yeah. Like, honey, where's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my, my son said to me, mom, where's the ketchup? Oh my God. Where the oh my entire God. world keeps the ketchup. There's only one place <laughs> for the ketchup. And I was dying laughing because like, tell me if you find this in your clients and, and, I think it's so funny. So Pascal is a 15 year old male, Mm -hmm. you know, man cub, we call him. (laughs) And so I will wake up in the morning and find a pile of dishes in my sink that is worthy of the best Jenga game. Like he spent so much time (laughs) balancing that last dish on a pile of dishes that I'm Mm -hmm. like, dude, Mm -hmm. that had to have taken eight minutes in which you could have done the dishes that were in the sink. Oh my God. Doesn't see it. And if I say, Pascal, before, uh, you know, I always go to bed like three hours earlier than him and I tell him because <laughs> bedtime is my strong boundary. But um, I tell him, um, you know, hey, buddy, before bed, can you, before you go to bed, can you do dishes? He's like, yeah, mom, no problem. I wake up, the dishes are done, no problem. Now, here's the tricky part. I have been telling him this since he was seven years old. Uh, At 15 years old, I would think it had sunk in. Mm-hmm. It hasn't. Okay. So now do I have the expectation that it will sink in and be resentful in the morning? Or do I just ask for what I need, which is to have the dishes done? Oh, it's so hard, right? Like we, we don't want to be in charge of everything and then also be in charge of what we're putting you in charge of. It's yes. like, just do it. Do the effing dishes, right? Like, you know, this is what I'm asking you every single day. But yeah, they just, they look at things a lot differently than we do. So yeah, if like we'll sit down and say, okay, this is my lane. And this is your lane. Your lane is cleaning up after I cook and mowing the lawn and getting the, the, the garbage out. Like that's your lane. I'll stay in my lane. You stay in your lane. And, but I guess my bigger point is like, because I have so many clients who struggle with this, which is like, well, he should know. Yeah. But if he doesn't know, is it your job to say something? Because I've had to learn, say something. There's no harm in saying something. Do you know what I mean? Because then I yeah, don't get yeah. resentful and then I don't yeah. go all psycho mom because you didn't do the dishes. <laughs> yes. And yeah, we as women will wait until we're pissed off to say, why haven't you done the dishes? You know, the dishes yeah. need to be done instead of at the beginning of the day. Hey, you know, before we go to bed, let's make sure those dishes are done. And yes. he's in his lane. He knows his boundaries around that, that specific event. And he's good. He's got his assignment. And I think men are pretty coachable, <laughs> you know? I think our men in our lives generally just want to make us super happy. And if exactly consistently, I mean, my experience in relationships is like, as long as if I provide the list, it will be done. It will absolutely be done. But I I do feel like too, like sometimes men are double dutching because maybe they've had past relationships or their, their relationship with their mom is a little scarred. So they're Mm. like trying to anticipate and trying to please you in the wrong ways. But I I find that men are generally trying to, make us as happy as possible. <laughs> I agree. Especially the ones that badass women choose to have in their lives. Like they're that kind of guy. So <laughs> right. You're going to put up with me and all yeah. that I am. Cause I'm a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot and I'm a badass and you're going to get a lot with being with me, but I, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. do have to, we do have to say what we need. And that is, it's hard because it opens us up to be rejected. It makes us vulnerable. 
it, you know, if we really want something and we speak it and it doesn't happen, then what does that say about me? And so there's a whole lot of psychological stuff that we carry around when all we have to do is say, hey, can you do the dishes tonight? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so listen, why, why are boundaries your whole deal? Like how did this, how did this start? Oh. How did this originate? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was in an abusive relationship. I got okay. out of that shit. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. And when I was back out into the world again, because I was in that relationship for like seven years and I got back out into the world again and realized that I was just kind of letting things happen in my life. I felt badly about certain things, but I was just like, I think this is how it's supposed to be. And I wasn't really sure. And I was not really in tune with me and what I stood for as far as a romantic relationship went. Like business, I, I had it down. I was moving up. I was you know, nominated for teacher of the year and I was leading staff and staff development and my relationship status just did not reflect how I was showing up in the world everywhere else. Mm. And so I was like, I, I've got to figure this out. Like I've got to figure out what, how I'm missing the mark in this one area. So I did, I just started doing the work on myself. I was meditating. I was going to conferences and retreats. And I finally realized that you know what? Like, I need to let my yes be a yes and my no be a no. And like, put a period at the end of that sentence. Like, why am I wavering so much in the things that I want in a relationship when I don't do that anywhere else? Like nobody, nobody messed with me at work. My family all knew I say what I mean, and I'm going to be there for you. Like everybody knew that except for the partners I was choosing in my life. And so I said, you know what? I need to figure out what I'm doing professionally and with my family and apply that in a relationship. And mm. so, yeah, yeah. So it was like, no, you can't talk to me like that. No, you can't expect me to, you know, work late or just, you know, just the things that I was doing with my employers and my, you know, things like that with work and with family, like they knew where I pride myself on people knowing where they stand with me. So that I, I had to figure that out for relationships. And once I had it figured out, I was like, oh gosh, this is so important. Because like you said, women our boundaries are a little grayer than men. Like if a man typically says no about something, that's what he means. He's not like, well, I don't think that's a good idea, but maybe I'll get back to you. He's like, no, just no. And like my no. daughter with her dad, he, he sets a firm boundary and it's what it is. Oh my God. So that's what I've always noticed in my work is like, listen, a lot of times when I work with a couple, I will say, you know, the mom will be upset. She'll be like, well, the kids just listen to him. And I was like, well, mm. what is he doing differently? He's just saying, no, he's got stronger boundaries than you. He says, no, he says Girl. it in a lower yes. pitch. He doesn't talk his way around the no. Oh gosh, he doesn't you know? qualify it. Yeah, it's just no. And I'm like, well, sweetie, you know, if you have another packet of fruit snacks, then your teeth are going to, and she's just sitting here looking at me like, oh gosh, I just want the fruit snacks. And she'll wear me down because, <laughs> yeah. And he'll just be like, no, go play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So you said something important. Um, that you kind of skipped over. And I know this is integral to your work. You were like, my yes is a yes and my no is a no. So what about your hell yes? Talk to me about oh, hell yes. yes. So when I was um, forming my boundaries program, I was thinking of, you know, how I'm operating in the world. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I'm at the time, I was a single 30 something woman. I don't want to go to your four-year-old's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, no, that's a hell no. If I sit down and think about, how I want to spend my time. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to help you move. And so I have my, my clients make a list of all their hell no. I'm not going to ever do that. Like I'm not going to be hit in a relationship. I'm not going to be cussed at 
in a relationship. Like these are the things that are hell no, 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 no. And so my hell yes list is if, if my best friend shows up and says, hey, we're going to the beach. That's a hell yes. Like everything else <laughs> can go, you know? And so knowing what you really, really want to do in life and what you definitely don't want to do in life really helps your boundaries kind of just shape themselves. Like, no, I don't do that. And so like if somebody came up to me with like a, I don't know, this is a probably a bad analogy, like with some mess, like I don't, I don't smoke meth. Like, so that's, yeah. that's a hell no. And that, you know, I, I know not to do that. Yeah. So I try to remember that with sugar. Like I, I want to be a healthy fit person that lives long and has a good relationship with food. So I need to put some more things on my hell no list. And my hell yes list is, yeah, we'll go for a walk or let's do some yoga in the park or go biking. Like, yeah, I'll do that. And so getting in touch with really what I want to do, what I really, really want to do in this life helps me know what I don't want to do and what I won't stand for. Yeah. My head's like exploding with a different, a whole bunch of thoughts. And I'm trying to like, write down those. <laughs> Sorry, no, like, jump in girl. Just so you know, so there's um, turkeys coming through our front yard. So Maverick's like having a fit. So if you oh, hear him barking, <laughs> I let him out of the house, but that's what's happening. Um, the, the trials and tribulations of living in the woods with a puppy. Oh, right. Um, okay. So a couple of things. So I had actually heard of the hell yes theory. I don't know if you know, Mark Manson. I really like his work, yeah. but he has a like, hell yeah, fuck no. Um, but oh, he no. had written about it. And I think this is really interesting in the context of consent. And mm. so let me go off on a little tangent here. So there is a woman who specializes in talking about consent um, to high school students. And one of the things that happens is afterwards, she has a line of guys. There's a line of, of young men waiting to talk to her privately. And they're unsure if they breached consent. And Ooh. they're like, I don't know, did, did I rape this girl? Because you know what? She never said yes. She never said no. You know, like, so one thing that came to my attention is we're not teaching. And I mean, maybe you guys listening to this podcast, you are a new generation. I'm 53. I was born in the good girl era. We shut up about things mm. um, having to do with consent. So I'm, I'm sure you guys are teaching your daughters better than I was taught. But you want to make your, your kids, your daughter have a consent of hell yes or fuck no. Like no gray area, yes. you know what I mean? Because a lot yes. of the situations, like these sexual situations that happen, you know, in, in adolescence that I know you guys are far off, but it will be here eventually, is that the girls feel uncomfortable saying yes or no. And mm. so, and I thought, oh my God, that's so brilliant. So yeah, there's this, Hell yes, but also know that there are situations. So I know like um, in talking about this theory with friends is like, yeah, but like, I don't want to go to my, I don't want to go to my mom's house for Easter dinner this year. It, sometimes you go because the hell yes is an obligation and you know yeah. that, you know, you're like, or you may not want to go to the funeral, but it's a hell yes because people need to see your face there. So it doesn't, exactly. it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that we're all just doing whatever the hell we want every single day. Exactly. Um, yeah. We're not walking through life being spoiled brats, but I love what you said about consent. Cause my daughter's, she'll be five in September and we're telling family members like, you know, we, she is in control of her body. You, you know, everyone sees her and wants to just pick her up and she'll, yeah. she'll make kind of a grunt noise and me and her dad will know, okay, she doesn't like it. And so we'll say, you can say, no, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. Or just say no. And so when we're playing with her and tickling, if she says stop, we immediately stop. Even though she's playing, we want her to know that her no means no and that people have to honor honor how she feels and what she wants with her body. 
And so I love that you said that because you're right. I wasn't taught that. I was taught to be kind and give Uncle Ray Ray a hug and, you know, let dad's friend throw you up in the air. And, you know, I, w- I wasn't allowed to feel any type of way about it, let alone say, no, I don't like that. Oh, and I don't know if that your Uncle Ray Ray was this, but it seems like all of us have some fucking creepy uncle in the background who like yeah, gave you the yeah. full on kiss yes. that you're like, stop, you're getting my And you knew as face. like a six-year-old girl that he was creepy. Like you didn't have exactly. to be some mature woman of the world to know that this just doesn't feel good for me. And so, yeah, we're really helping her establish some good, strong boundaries now. So she knows, you know, I don't like this. And that's all that needs to be said. It doesn't have to be that he was creepy or weird. If she doesn't like it, it's her body. Like she it. has control. Yeah. 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 Well, it's so funny. I, I told this story on the podcast. I don't know how long ago, but I was one day I was in the market and I was at the deli counter and there was just this, this mom and this young boy, he was probably about four and it, you know, it's cold. The deli, uh, it, the deli aisle is always by the produce and it can be cold. And I said, Oh, it's kind of chilly over here. This little guy put his feet like open stance, hands on his hips. And he yelled, don't you talk to me. Oh, I mean, I kind of jumped back and the mom was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, 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 that was a very clear boundary. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I I love it. I was, I was just kind of stoked. And I was like, you know what? That's what we need to teach our little girls. Really. We need to teach our girls. Like, get your hand off me. <laughs> yeah. Chandler and I practice at bath time. Don't touch my body or don't touch my vagina. We practice that. So wait, your husband's <laughs> name is Chandler. No, that's my daughter. Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> she's named right, after awesome. my brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Cause I, of course that leads me to ask about friends and did you see the friends reunion? <laughs> oh, oh no, I haven't watched it yet. I'm, oh gosh, I see your sign back there and I'm like, I can't wait. I need to watch it. I need to find time for that. <laughs> <laughs> total digression. Um, okay. So what should we consider? Like when we're setting boundaries, cause one thing, and I, you know, in San Francisco, I was in San Francisco for 20 years and I probably cycled through about 200 roommates. There were, there were five rooms. So there was always people in and out. And I remember mm-hmm. watching all of us, like we were in our early twenties. So we were figuring out boundaries. And I remember watching people and I can still to this day, see it when they discover how to set boundaries they go through this almost like opposite swing of the pendulum. Like everything's mm-hmm. a boundary and they're like mm-hmm. so boundaryed up that they have no wiggle room. And so what are some of the things we should consider when we're setting them? Oh, I love it. So like with like, say a partner, you need to consider like your love language. My clients and I talk about what their love language and even their Enneagram is um, mm-hmm. because they'll see that, okay, they're thinking that, oh, he needs to set a boundary around how he's allowing his parents to, you know, insert themselves in our lives. And I'm like, that's a big one. Right. Right. But I'm like, okay, but we're talking about you and your boundaries. His love language is quality time and he loves his family. So that's not a boundary for him. Maybe your boundary is that you set how much time you're going to spend with him and his family. So knowing what that's how gold is right there. Isn't it right? Yeah. Don't be so concerned about, he needs to set a boundary. No, you need to set a boundary. For, oh, I love that because yeah. we run into that all the time. In-laws, in-laws being weird, pushy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. We, we want so to shift to bring it. somebody else. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had an old principal that called it shifting the monkey. We want to shift that monkey onto them when that's your monkey. That monkey's on your back. You need to decide what you're going to do with it. He can't help you form a boundary over something that's bothering you. It's not bothering him, right? So knowing how you send and receive love it goes hand in hand with your boundaries. 
and what okay, you holy want. Shit, I do have to interrupt you for one second. Go, 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 like, go. I just had a personal revelation. My love language is service. So do you guys know that there's the love languages? Um, we can run through them if you guys want. I've talked about it in other episodes, but mine is acts of service. So mm. like I work really hard. I'm a single mom. Like I, you know, so I see if you don't do the dishes, it's not just, it doesn't bother him. It doesn't mm. bother him that the dishes mm-hmm. are in the sink. And it bothers me because what you just said is you don't love me. Holy yes, shit. It's not Jamie. just like I do so much work. It's like, ah, I was missing that component or sometimes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it was really interesting once I kind of, that clicked for some of my clients. Like you're, you're, you're thinking that a boundary has been crossed when really it's a different way that you send and receive love. And then you have to establish that boundary. If you need, you know, time alone or, you know, more affection or, you know, whatever that is, then you, you establish that boundary with yourself. And so that is kind of where it comes something to consider when with a partner and things, yeah, things to consider like with your kids or with children is how you want to connect with them and discipline and like your values and how you're going to communicate, like what's acceptable. Like, is it acceptable for your kid to cuss? Is it acceptable for you to, you know, smack your kid around. Like what you got to think of your hell yes and your hell no with with that as well. Right. And this is a whole chapter in my book, figuring out your values because people don't, uh, usually they they slide over those and knowing again, yeah, the values are the hell yes, the hell no. Because, and I say it all the time, like there's a difference. Like if your kid throws a matchbox car at your head, you might blow up, right? Like, oh my God, that's so disrespectful. You almost hurt me. I said, there's somebody on the planet for whom they said, wow, what a good pitching arm. Let's go practice. Exactly. Doesn't bother them at all, you know? Exactly. And so knowing that about yourself, your hell yeses and your hell noes, it's going to help you be a better parent, a better partner, and even a better friend. Like, you know, you have some friends that can call you at two in the morning. You're going to pick up and you're going to sit up and turn on all the lights and talk to them. And then, you know, there's a group that don't call me after eight. Like, yeah, like we're not, that, that's just a boundary that I have. And so it's important to know your hell yeses and your hell noes with each like arena that you function in in life. And um, we, we kind of step through that and I have a whole list of, will you allow, you know, your partner to do this or this or this or this? And they kind of just check off the boxes like, yeah, I could, I could, I could be down with that or no. I definitely don't want my mother-in-law to have a key to the house and show up whenever she wants. And some people are like, yes, yeah, she lives next door. She can come over and take stuff out of my fridge. Like just knowing what's I like okay that. Where, what are the What are the areas you see people most weaken, like with partners? And so maybe you go through, I like this idea of systematically going yes. through where your boundaries might be. Because I think, again, it's such this um, ethereal concept for a lot of people and they might be, really good at it in some areas, but then lacking in others. So what what are some yeah. of the areas that you work through? Because I like that. The mother-in-law thing's perfect. Oh, right. Extended family is a really big one. It, it, it just is. But yeah, with your partner, with your children, with your friends, with your work and, and with yourself, I think we get, I have the self last and that's the one thing that my clients struggle to do. And that's how I know that's the first place we have to like pick <laughs> at and peel that scab off and say, okay, like, why don't you have a boundary around what you're consuming in on social media? Why don't, you know, where is your boundary with the types of foods that you will and won't eat? Like, you know, mm-hmm. gluten gives you a migraine every time you have it, but you're still eating it. Like, let's talk about where, why there's no boundary in that area. And if we need to establish one. And so, yeah, 
it's interesting to see when my clients complete that activity, which is the first activity, we see right away where they're kind of weaker or have zero boundaries in certain areas. And yeah, it, it's typically like my boss thinks that she can text me at any time and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, you don't have a boundary there. And it's okay yeah, to have yeah. a boundary with a, with a superior, right? It's okay. It's not, boundaries well, let me ask you don't make too. you a bitch. You, when you say you're, yeah, there you go. Boundaries don't make you a bitch. If, what do you do though? Because like all the stuff you're bringing up, like, and I love the idea of picking at a scab because these, these are big, these open childhood wounds. You know what I mean? It's not just like set a boundary. Oh, you can't have, like, I think when women struggle with food, you can say like, here's the, here's the meal plan, but Mm -hmm. why you can't stick to it, the childhood wound. And so is that something you work with in your program or is that like, like you do your program and then that's sort of an extension that you might do one-on-one with you? Well, it's, it's hard for me to say, oh, okay, I see you have a, an issue in that area, but we got to move on. So it's really hard for me to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I dive deep with them and okay. um, we, we just, yeah, we, we keep picking and picking until, because you have to uncover it, right? You have to figure out what it is before you can start mending and healing it and yeah. then building a boundary around it. So typically, yeah, those are clients that kind of move into a more one-on-one coaching relationship partnership and yeah we we dig really really deep that's awesome so let me ask you this personally so you yeah. figured out your boundaries you make a you make a um you make a program you're cooking you're like yeah i'm on my i'm on my job for everything and then you have your baby chandler who is Ooh. like your fucking heart walking outside your body oh my god did you oh struggle gosh. then with boundaries with her or were you able to just be like no i got this whoa jamie yes like I, I, I had a kid way late in life. <laughs> well, not way, way late. I'm not Janet Jackson late, but pretty late. But it was right when I was kind of hammering out my boundaries. And so I decided I'm going to breastfeed until we both stop. We're going to cloth diaper. I'm going to make her her baby food. I'm making her own baby wipes. I'm doing all of this. We're, we're baby wearing. I'm doing all this granola shit that neither one of our families are down for. And it was, it was really hard, but I'm pretty hard headed. And I was like, okay, I've got these boundaries in my life and I need to apply them here. Cause this is my kid. Like no one else is up with her every two hours at night. No mm-hmm. one is dealing with peanut allergy. Like it's me and him. Like we have to be on one accord. And so I sat down, Rod is my guy. He's my partner. And I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And thank God that he was just like, okay, <laughs> we'll, yeah, do yeah. It. we'll cloth, we'll cloth diaper. We'll. And so our families, like when we'd go visit, they'd be like, oh, she's eight months. Oh, how much longer are you going to breastfeed? I don't know. And, you know, I didn't have to assign meaning to the questions they were asking or the judgments they were passed. And like, we're Wait, not you thinking. guys, stop, stop, stop. Repeat that. You didn't have to assign meaning to the yes. judgment they were passing and the things they said. You guys listen to that carefully because as Anna's sitting here talking, I'm thinking of clients I've worked with. So like, take that question again, eight months old. Oh, how long are you planning on breastfeeding? Mm-hmm. In one single second, depending on your relationship, this could cause you to say, I'm going to breastfeed for however long I fucking want. Yes. If you could like <laughs> lose it because you have this history in this, you, I love that. Don't assign meaning, take everything at like face value. Like yeah, I don't just know. neutral. You know, they were just words that they asked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was hard mm-hmm. at the beginning because I felt a little judged but then I was like, you know, that's, that's their thing. That, that, that's them. I just shifted the monkey back to them. They had an issue with me breastfeeding. 
I mean, you should have seen them at 22 months when I was still breastfeeding. They're like, oh, wow. But by then they just knew, don't ask Anna about breastfeeding. Like she's going to give you a neutral answer and it just is what it is. You're not getting anywhere. Yeah, you're not getting anywhere. And so it was hard. It was a test of my boundaries. Let me not say it was hard. It was a test of my boundaries. And I did go back into like feeling like, am I doing this wrong? Like we don't, we don't spank. And we were both spanked growing up. Like, (laughs) and so when she would have big feelings about things, we, we would see family members looking around like, oh, is she not going to spank her? Like, or just hit her. She'll sit down. And, you know, mm-hmm. that, that was, I think my biggest, like our biggest bugaboo was like, no, we're not going to hit our 18 month old. Like we're, we're not going to yeah. hit her, but you know, you guys turned out fine. Look like you guys are respectful and you're successful. And yeah, in spite of being hit, we still are decent people, but we're talking to therapists about that. So yeah, <laughs> I love that you turned out fine. No, I didn't. And you're not even helping pay for therapy. So right? shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, people, people find their lane with me pretty quickly because I kind of, I kind of direct them to where their lane is. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Stay in your lane. Well, I remember- think. <laughs> Yeah, Pascal was born in San Francisco. We moved to Rhode Island to be closer to family when he was not 10 months old. And I co-slept. And it was so funny because my mom just was like, oh my God, that's terrible. Uh, You're spoiling him. And I was like, what do you think he's getting? Like, what is yeah. he getting? A warm body? Love? Yeah. Like, Comfort? And yeah. Too much of that? Like, and then <laughs> he started sleeping over her house. And she fucking uh, puts him in bed between her and my stepdad. And she's like, Jamie... I got to tell you, I think he sleeps better when he sleeps. Next to people. And <laughs> you I don't like, say. You don't fucking say, Ma. Um, okay, but let's, um, we're kind of running out of time, but I wanted to kind yes, of circle sorry. back because I think it's so great that you brought up this boundary with other people to protect your daughter, which is awesome. Mm. But I was actually asking about you going up against your what? four-year-old girl is she four and a half oh yeah she's four and a half and she is yeah so me. she's crossing every boundary you have <laughs> oh jamie yes she is and again i'm pretty hard-headed and so i dig my heels in in certain areas and her dad is you know he'll disagree that he's good cop but he's more good cop than than yep. bad cop and That's so he'll, yeah 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 and he'll let me know like okay babe this isn't really like this isn't a hill that we need to die on like you're you're wanting to force her to respect you while she's having a tantrum Isn't that in Target. Like, like, as a generalization, <laughs> I feel like our dads get shit on and they yeah. are so often the calm in our chaos. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, I've always said like, we have 17 browsers open and we know exactly what's happening in each one of them. And mm-hmm, men are just mm-hmm. more linear thinkers. They're like A to B, B to C, but that allows them a calm that I yes. feel like- I'm so jealous. jealous. As a young man, he's just sometimes I'm like, dude, how can you be so calm about this? And he's like, look, ma, getting all wired about it isn't going to solve anything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I say Rod is he's just unbothered. He's not moved by things, external things. He's just unbothered by them. And so I've kind of tapped into that. And I also have like a little graphic that I kind of give my clients that are bothered frequently on how to not be so bothered by life. But yeah, my daughter presses every button as she, I mean, I think that's why she was put on this earth is to show me all my my faults and to reparent myself, which, you know, yes. I've, I've done. I've, I've dived so deep into reparenting. I've got this energy healer named Laura Lee. She's fabulous. And we are working on, you know, reparenting my shit. So I'm not, you know, doing the same thing with her and just allowing her to be the best version of herself. And so it's, it's a, and it's an hourly struggle. I, yeah. I think reparenting is so much easier once you have kids. 
Like oh, I remember yeah. having that concept uh, before I had had Pascal. And then it's so easy now because you can imagine, like when you say shitty things to yourself in your head, you go, I would never say that to my kid. Yeah. Ever, you know, and so I think it's it is um, it's challenging to do your trauma work when you are a parent and you got to show up for your kid every second that they're awake. Yeah. But yeah. it's like it is much easier, I feel like, to reparent because you have the living the living. Yeah. How do you do it without a kid? I didn't even consider that it could be done before you had a kid. Yeah. I see people struggle. I, I do. I yeah. see people in the therapeutic community struggle if they haven't had a child. It's just it's a hard concept of like it is. how you would how you talk to a child who needs you. Yeah. yeah. And Chandler looks so much like me when I was four. So it's like, I am talking to myself and I'm like, okay, what did you need when you broke the vase? You didn't need a whooping and to be sent to your room. You needed, mm-hmm. you know, support and comfort and a hug and here, let's clean it up together. That's, that's what you needed. So let's do that with her. Mm-hmm. And vice versa though, there's like lines in the sand. You know, one of the things I work with is this gets away from parents very frequently, which is the child starts being a dictator. And so it starts with like, no, 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 I want mommy to sit next to me. And I've literally worked with families where the dad is eating his dinner outside because the child has demanded that. And I'm like, no, no, no. And so then the parents are like, well, I don't understand because you know, he'll throw a fit or something like that. And I'm like, but he can throw a fit. That's okay. We can allow our kids the big feelings. Just because you set a boundary doesn't mean your three or four-year-old is going to be cool with it. They're still exactly push against it. I'm glad you said that. Yes, because yeah, we, we do that. And it was hard in the beginning for me not to take it personally. Like she's disrespecting me or she's, you know, she's attacking me or she's, you know, and Raj just yes. sitting there like, she's three. Like that's, she's <laughs> mad about something and she's three. And I'm like, how are you so evolved? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know. And so people see like how you said earlier, boundaries don't make you a bitch. And I think if you're weak boundaried, it's hard and you do have to swing that pendulum all the way in the other direction. You kind of have to feel bitchy at first because it's so uncomfortable, you know, but then you learn very quickly. And it's so funny because I always say like boundaries make us all feel secure. I want people know, do not call me. I shut my phone off after eight. I'm not, let me know if you're going through a hard time and you might need a midnight call. Let me know. I'll definitely keep my phone on. But generally speaking, I say, go ahead and text me whenever because my phone's off. I am so boundaried about my bedtime because I get Love up at it. four and that's what yeah. works for my life. And so you're not going to, I get too amped up. If you call me at eight o'clock, I'm going to get all jazzed. Like I am right now. I'm going to start talking. Yes. My heart rate goes up. I can't go to sleep. So, um, and you're up, so yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I tell so, my clients like target has boundaries. You're like, you know, when you can go shopping at target, you know what their prices are. Like they close at a certain time. You're not going to just show up at target at one in the morning, banging on the door. Like they have boundaries. So if Target can have boundaries, you can have boundaries. <laughs> Be like Target. <laughs> I love you're really helping solidify. Again, it's such a funny concept that people have such a hard time with that I love that. Like Target has boundaries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, and we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. You can't just go in anywhere and be rude. You know, like sometimes yes. I'm shocked at how people talk to each other. And I'm like, oh, I would never let somebody talk to me. Like exactly. That. There's no boundaries. Yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta know that there, it's, it's okay. And I think what was hard for me when I was in that abusive relationship was that I felt like I had to have proof or solid concrete evidence as to why I felt a certain way when I didn't. Uh, this makes me uncomfortable. So I don't need, I don't need to sit and deliberate and testify against what you're doing. It's just wrong because I don't like it. So stop it. I love that. I love so many nuggets in here. that are so great. 
that you don't have to justify your boundary either. Yeah. If, you know, I mean, if you're too boundary, you know, you might want to work with your partner on why, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. close down to everything. But, you know, I think it's so important that it's okay. It's okay to not, I mean, I, it's so funny because I'm really attuned to like when I feel that there's a creep in the area. Like I'm very mm. attuned to that having had sexual abuse, you know? And so mm-hmm. like a lot of times I'll be walking down the street and a friend taught me this, which was like, somebody's coming towards me and I just don't have, I have a bad feeling. I'm going to cross the road. I don't have yeah. to justify it. Maybe nothing mm-hmm. happened. I don't care. I had a bad feeling. I'm crossing the road. It didn't even have to be like the look or anything. It can just yes. be a bad feeling. And so I really like that too. It's, I mean, I think I'm always interested in my actions. I love I just love unpeeling my own layers and like, why do Mm -hmm. I act that way? Why do I do this? Why do I do that? So I think it's worth some self-reflection, but also you don't have to justify it to anybody else at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're just decisive about it. I'm crossing the street because I feel weird. Like how, how are you, how much are you going to beat yourself up about you staying on that side of the street and you had a bad feeling and then something bad happened? Like you knew it. You have to listen to yourself. If I could go back for the first 25 years of my life, Oh my God. My intuition was destroyed probably at four years old. So I just walked into things like just slapping in the wind. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like roadrunner. It was just like, I could just like, (laughs) and so, um, and if I could go back and like all the times I had a bad feeling. So I, and that's one of the things I really work with, especially with the mamas I work with is they're drawn to me because I'm saying what they feel in their hearts. And mm. so I'm um, building their intuition. And it starts with potty training. Like you picked up oh, my book gosh. for a reason. You wanted to potty train your kid at this age for a reason. And so it's just building up that, that intuition that we've all lost. I think because of fucking internet and social media, there's just too much coming at us. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But, um, but yeah. But I will say your book really helped me tap into my mama intuition. Like I was questioning and doubting everything because like you said, you can go online and find the argument for or against anything that you're wanting to do. And your book really spoke to me and my spirit as a woman and as a mom and as like what I was trying to do. And I was like, I, I throw that book upside everybody's head who's struggling with potty training. (laughs) It's like baby shower gift. It's like, no, y'all have to, because it is, it's listening to yourself and it's common sense. And it gave me so much power. It gave me so much empowerment. And that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I have somebody who hired me to be kind of an ongoing client coach. And she said, my baby's only eight months old. She said, but already I'm overloaded with information. And I landed on your podcast. And she's like, this woman, I want you. I want yes. you to be my grandmother. <laughs> yes. Like, all right, yes. <laughs> Teach me all, all right, the you. things. I gotta wrap it up. We've been talking almost an hour, if you can believe it. Oh, gosh. I could talk all day. Yeah with you <laughs> about boundaries and examples. It's so awesome. So, and I'll let people know where they can find you. Okay. I am a Glasgow coach, like the city in Scotland, G L A S G O W coach on Instagram. Aglasgowcoach.com is my website. You can text me. No, don't. Te- well, yeah, you can text me, but you can uh, email me at aglasgowcoach at gmail.com. And yeah, I've got a Badass with Boundaries Facebook group. I'd love to hop on a call and chat and see if you are a badass that just needs a couple boundaries tweaked. So go. y'all check me out. <laughs> awesome. And you live in Texas, yeah? I live in Texas, just just north of Dallas. Have you always lived in Texas? Um, I'm an army brat, but I've spent um, most of my life has been in Texas. But yeah, yeah. I'm a little fascinated Texas with Texas right now. I think everybody is. That's why our housing prices are through the roof. 
<laughs> Everybody is. And I think Joe Rogan moving to Austin, like created. <laughs> oh my God. In California. But um, the housing market everywhere. I mean, I'm in Rhode Island uh, and it is crazy. Is like, it insane there too? Oh my God. You can't. So something goes on the market. Like, and even I bought my house last August, mid pandemic. And this was happening. It was a private sale. A friend had turned me on to it. So that was cool. But mm. I would call my real estate agent and be like, I found a Zillow listing. I mean, the minute it went up, yes, he would immediately call. It was already sold about a hundred thousand dollars above asking price. Yes. Right unseen. And I was yes. like, who the fuck has this? This money? is like who's crazy. This? Yes. Cash. It's We're really getting all nice. cash offers. Our neighbor's house sold in two hours. Like it's crazy. Yeah. 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 It's not. But come to Texas, have- Jamie. <laughs> come to Texas. Come through to visit. <laughs> yes, I come visit. Those summers. I'm already bitching about the Rhode Island summers. I'm like, oh my God, oh, it's girl, so no. humid. I can't. Yeah. Like, ah. It's way girl. too hot. <laughs> All right, Anna, this was awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And y'all check her out. Thank you. Bye, guys. Rock on. All right. I'm going to sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, yummy new book pre-sale treats, when we release new episodes, and how to work with me directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the Oh Crap Potty Training online course, my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified OCRAP consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.